Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. What we're talking about today is a topic that is very close to my heart, but I love guessing games. Does anyone here like guessing games? Oh, guys, you're so quiet. Come on, does anyone love guessing games? I love guessing games. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little hint and I want you to have a guess what we're going to be talking about today. So first thing, (laughs) gold star, get in the chocolate box. Um, The first thing is women, okay, run through about 20,000 of these a day, whereas men might run through about 7,000 per, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was among such intelligent peers. This is incredible. Yes, I'm going to be speaking to you about words. So when Chad asked me to share um, uh, recently, I read through Proverbs twice. Obviously, we're doing this series, Doing Life Well. There it is up there. So I read through Proverbs a couple of times and I was madly highlighting everything God was speaking to me about because let's face it, Proverbs is chock-a-block full of bite-sized pieces of wisdom that's easy to understand, isn't it? So I was just going mad, highlight, 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 and eventually I had to go, all right, God, let's just go with what you're speaking to me about. So this is something that God's been speaking to me about recently, something that, um, you know, when you just can't escape a topic, you come back to your Bible reading or your time with God and he just kind of impresses it on your heart. This is what this is for me. So God's teaching me. I don't have it nailed yet, right? But God's teaching me. Your words are powerful. That's the title of my sermon today. Your words are powerful. Now, looking around the room, like I said, I don't know all of you. I know some, but I can guarantee all of us have had some experience with different types of words. What I want you to do is I want you to have a think back to the last time someone encouraged you. Whether it was a friend, maybe it was your spouse, someone in your family, your boss, whoever it was, Think back to the last time someone spoke positive words to you and how did that make you feel? Good? Yes, it makes us feel good when someone encourages encourages us, doesn't it? Perhaps your happiness level was overflowing. Maybe you got a little spring in your step. Maybe you felt hopeful for something where you didn't feel hope before. Perhaps it was a word of encouragement that made you take a leap into something, a new venture that you were waiting for direction with. Or maybe it was a simple, you look really good in that colour. And ever since then, you felt really confident wearing that colour. It feels good, doesn't it? To get nice words. It gives us a spring in our step. It can help us focus on different things. On the flip side, unfortunately, the opposite is also true. Remember those times you received the words that perhaps weren't so great. Perhaps they were words that were said really carelessly or they were sharp arrows, pointed words that were designed to hurt and they penetrated our hearts. Those words create wounds. And there are people here today that have wounds in their heart because of words that some people have said. But you need to know God's a healing God. 
God's a caring God. He wants to heal and touch those things today because he doesn't want us carrying around wounds. Maybe someone said something and you believe something about yourself that doesn't agree with the word of God. You're believing lies. Maybe someone told you that you're not good enough for something. Maybe someone shut down your dream. They said, you couldn't do that. Don't be silly. Don't reach for that. Be realistic. Those things hurt. Whatever the hurt, you know that God wants to touch it. He's here for you. He can touch you and he can change how you feel about those comments because words are powerful. Say it after me. Words are powerful. On that as well, what about the words we speak over ourselves? The words we speak over ourselves help point us in a direction in life, don't they? And we can be our own harshest critics. Sometimes I bet some of the things you say over yourself, you wouldn't even say to other people because they're so mean. We need to stop. We need to take stock. We need to stop saying negative things over ourselves and start speaking positive, life-giving words, which can be hard to do, right? But words are powerful and it is worthwhile. Let's open the word, Proverbs 10, 11 in the message. I want to hear those rustling pages, thanks. But it is coming up behind me. <laughs> Proverbs 10, 11. In the message, do we have good people here today? I feel like I'm amongst good people. The mouth of a good person is a deep life-giving well. But... The wicked is a dark cave of abuse. I want us to focus on the middle of that scripture today. The mouth of a good person is a deep life-giving well. See, wells are something where you store things of value, water. Wells are something that captures something and give a life-giving force, isn't it? People have fought over wells. People need wells. Wells are a place of storage and wells are a source of life. If we want to be people that have a deep, life-giving well, we need to have a look at our hearts. And I believe this scripture ties in really well. Proverbs 16:23 in the Amplified. The heart of the wise instructs his mouth in wisdom and adds persuasiveness to his lips. The heart of the wise. If we want to be people with a deep life-giving well, we need to pay attention to what's in our heart because what's in our heart is what's coming out of our mouth over ourselves and over other people. Now, I want to share a little story. So as I mentioned, we've got a little um, farm, only about seven acres just outside of town, and it's beautiful, lots of work to do. But one thing I got into last year was gardening. Because when we lived in the caravan and we're traveling around, you can't really put down roots, you know. So I was super excited to have my own spot of land to be able to plant a garden. And Caleb was really handy and helped me. Um, we collected some garden beds off Biswap Cell for free. Who loves free stuff? Yes. So we set up these garden beds. I had six raised beds. And um, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I have a green thumb and I'm just really good at it. I was just like, I'm going to sow seeds. I'm going to raise seeds. I'm just going to try because, I, you know, sometimes it takes a while to get the hang of your temper, you know, your temperature and your soil and all that stuff. So anyway, I managed to get these six beds up and running 
And by Christmas time, so summer last year, I'd have to water it every day because we don't have much irrigation there. So I'd just love my um, evenings where I'd get to spend in the garden, looking at it, eating the produce. I loved the kids coming out with me and playing and, you know, grabbing the tomatoes. I just loved them, you know, being able to do that. And so I had, I don't want to brag, but I'm going to, I had uh, one bed full of corn that was like up to here, right? So my first corn patch, it was doing so good. I had like pumpkins intertwining at the bottom because they're really good for the soil and the corn and blah, blah. And um, I had my tomatoes, I had my zucchinis, I had um, heaps of beetroots and like leafy green type things. Um, And it was looking good. For my first year, I was pretty pretty happy with myself. So uh, Christmas time comes around and um, we were spending the time at my family's house and it was our first Christmas with three little kids. And who knows that when you're an adult, pretty much the joy of Christmas is what the kids are doing. (laughs) It stops being about you. And so uh, we were just having such a good time celebrating with the boys. They're another year older. They got it more with Sully. It was his first year because he was only born last year. So we just absolutely loved it. So I was on this massive high from Christmas and spending time with the family. And um, I nicked home from mum and dad's to check the animals and do the watering. And I went to the garden area, which we had we had fenced as well because um, occasionally, you know, like a little bit of my leaves would disappear and I knew that like a rabbit would get in there every now and then. So anyway, I went up to the gate, opened the gate, walked in. Do you think my garden was there? It wasn't. Rabbits had gotten in on Boxing Day and thought they'd have some kind of Christmas feast on all of my garden and it was gone. I'm talking my corn was now this big, little stumps hanging out the ground. I was devastated. I actually sat down on the edge of the bed and just ran my fingers through the soil and I cried. My tears went into the ground that day (laughs) because I'd spent so much time and effort getting that up and running. And I was so mad because I thought, you know what, we did the right thing. Caleb helped me put the holes in the ground. We got fence posts. I put um, a fencing around it. So who let these rabbits in? Why did they destroy my stuff? Unfortunately, I let those rabbits in because I didn't go around and secure my perimeter. I didn't go around and check all the corners. I'd been a little bit lazy, a little bit lapsed, and I hadn't gone, got the staple gun and stapled the bottom of the fence all the way around the bottom post that we'd put there. So there were little gaps, not big gaps, little gaps. And while I wasn't looking and paying attention, rabbits came in and they stole what was in my garden. I didn't secure the perimeter. That was my problem. Do you know our hearts are like a garden? Our hearts are like a garden. The Bible says that out of our hearts, life flows. And we need to be diligent about what is going into our hearts. And we need to be people, no matter where we're at in our journey with God, whether we've been walking with God for a little bit or many, many years, we need to be people that secure the perimeter around our gardens, secure the perimeter around our hearts. We need to protect ourselves because we recognize that words are powerful. Proverbs 10, the mouth of a good person is a deep life-giving well. If we want to have a deep life-giving well, you need to start taking stock of the perimeter around your garden. It's so important. We need to assess What's going into our hearts? 
Do you know, we have so, so, so many thoughts that come in and the Bible doesn't actually say thoughts are bad. It never says don't think that. What it does say, it says catch it, deal with it, make it line up with my truth, renew your mind. So we can have thoughts coming in all the time, which I know I've I've got 20,000 words to speak, which I'm sure Caleb gets about 12,000 of them when he comes home. (laughs) I've got a lot of thoughts going around in my head. Sometimes things just pop in and I go, where did that come from? Does anyone else know what I mean? Just random things like what Rob was saying before. Driving along, you get this negative thought about someone. The thought is not a sin, okay? We're human. We get thoughts. What God wants us to do is take the thought, line it up with the promise of God, line it up with the Word of God. We need to secure our perimeters. So these little sneaky things can't always be getting into our hearts because we want to be people with a deep life-giving well. We want to be people that have a heart of wisdom. So we need to be looking at our hearts. We need to be assessing what goes in because what comes in as a thought becomes imagination. Once it becomes imagination, it gets birthed and then it's something we start to believe, whether it's true or not. We need to catch those thoughts before we start imagining it, before it gets birthed. We need to line them up with the Word of God because we're recognising that we need to be people that speak words of life. We need to be people that love on others with what comes out of our mouth. Now, this is all well and good talking about speaking well, speaking well. Let's bring some focus to that, okay? So if you're taking notes, these are the two points that I want you to remember from today. Write down. Remember, words are powerful. Number one, the words you speak over others. We need to assess what's being spoken over other people. Because we just recognized before we've received some hurts or we've received some uplifting, right? When it comes to words that other people have said. What if we've been the ones to speak words that have caused other people pain? We're human, right? I'm sure all of us have something that they need to perhaps consider. Perhaps you need to go and apologize to someone. Perhaps you need to ask them for forgiveness, Number one, obviously go to the Lord with it because he's, he's always here. He's willing to forgive. We need to, number one, watch what we say about others. We have some friends, Caleb and I, that um, when we catch up with them, we've known them for many, many years, but when we go to catch up with them, we know that we're going to walk away feeling lifted up. It's just one of the things that, you know, we associate with them is the positivity, the life they speak the goodness that comes out of their mouth, no matter what our situation, they're always speaking life, they're always speaking truth, they're always um, encouraging and lifting up and pointing us towards God, right? Are we people like that? That when people hang out with us, they go, man, like I feel so lifted up today. I feel so encouraged. I feel like they help me take um, my eyes off the problem and put my eyes onto God today. Are we people like that? This is why it's important for us to assess the garden of our hearts so we can go, hey, is this who I want to be? And maybe your excuse is, well, I'm not naturally an encouraging person. I don't like saying that kind of stuff to others. Bad luck. God says it over you. Why can't you say it over other people? God's always speaking life and joy and future over you. We need to take responsibility for the words that we're speaking over other people. I want to be someone that when people hang out with me, they go, man, she was fun and she loves God, you know, because that's who I am. That's who I want to be. The words we speak over others are powerful as well. Number two, 
the words we speak over ourselves. The words we speak over ourselves. Having a deep life-giving well affects us. It affects us. So often we are our own harshest critics. We let things fly through our mind without ever catching it, without ever grabbing it and saying that's actually untrue and lining it up with the promise of God. We allow thoughts to become a ma- imagination to things that are then birthed and we start to believe it about ourselves. We need to be people that are careful with the words that come out of our mouths, with the thoughts that we're thinking about ourselves because God's thoughts are higher. God wants the best for us. He doesn't want us to be limited and he does not want us to be harsh with ourselves. That's not who he is. He's not a harsh God. He's a loving God. And I think it's important that we trade our thought for a promise. So if you have a negative thought, if you're speaking things that don't amount to much, Find out what the Word of God says. There's really no way around it in this Christian life. If we want to grow closer to God, we need to be reading the Bible a lot, you know, thinking about it every day, listening to podcasts, put it inside of you so it becomes second nature. When something comes in, you can just counteract it straight away. We want to be people that have good wells, right? I'm surrounded here by good people. You want to have a deep well? Get into the Word of God because nothing can ever compete with that. Um, one thing that God has, like I said, God's been speaking to me about words we speak um, over others and over ourselves. And one thing that over the last 16 or 18 months nearly, um, we've had a situation where Caleb's actually been really ill with an autoimmune disease. And um, he first got sick for a couple of years when we got married, well over a decade ago. And he was sick for two years really debilitating, very painful, couldn't work very much. Um, So we just got married and then I had a sick husband. So I don't know who got the short end of that stick, but that's all right. He's all right. Um, Anyway, so when we bought our house, obviously we had a promise from God. God spoke to us about coming home. We bought our house. Um, I was just about to have our third little boy and Caleb got sick again out of the blue. Didn't make sense. Obviously, we're praying. You know, we're Christians. We believe God doesn't want us to stay in a place of pain, in a place of sickness. So we're praying. We're saying, God, heal him. Like, God, heal him. Like, this isn't what you want for us. You know, and last year was a crazy year, right? With COVID, we, you know, we had a baby. We're renovating a house. Caleb's sick. It was a big year. We still prayed. We still prayed. A couple of months ago, I really felt God speaking to me about our voices and the words we speak out loud. So I'm talking a lot about thoughts and things that we think. Obviously, that's super important. But I really felt like God challenged me to start speaking things out loud and putting it into the atmosphere. And I felt stirred that by winter, we would see a huge turnaround with Caleb's health. So I started to say it. I started to get really frustrated. And it's not as if I hadn't had frustrating moments this whole year. I had many But I started to get really frustrated with the enemy for robbing us from good health. And so I started to just say, God, I believe by winter we're going to see a change in Caleb. By winter we're going to see a change in his health. I believe for his energy to be restored. You know, because at that point he'd kind of go to work, come home, and he'd just be wiped out. And he'd say himself, he's he's like, I don't feel like I'm a good parent. I don't feel like I can do anything because I'm just so physically and emotionally exhausted from being ill for so long. So I started to pray. I started to do communion at home regularly and I started to put things out in the atmosphere and just say, God, by winter, I want to see a change. By winter, I pray for his energy. I pray for his body. I pray for healing. Guess what? 
that was a turning point and I felt it like I knew it in my spirit it's not to say is 100 100% but I'll tell you what it has been hard you know when you go through a long-term illness it's hard it was a hard slog but now he's doing so much better and I believe God responded because I didn't just think it not that he doesn't know not that he can't work like that but he wants us to voice things out in the atmosphere so he can grab it and go yes there's the faith yes there it is I want to start working with that because I can see your faith and you're putting it out into the atmosphere and you know the reason I know this to be true is because God, the first thing he did in Genesis, he spoke, didn't he? He spoke and there was day and night. He didn't have to do anything else. He spoke and then there was the ocean, then there was the land. He spoke and then there were animals and fish and creation was made. God is a God who wants us to speak out positively he wants us to speak out have a well full of life-giving things so we speak out over other people and we speak out over ourselves positive things have a think back to Ezekiel Ezekiel 37 when he takes Ezekiel into the valley of dry bones did he say now what I want you to do is write a journal I want you to write a journal about the things you see or what I want you to do is take some pictures and post it to Instagram. Show everyone what you're, what you're seeing here today. He didn't say that. What did he say? He said, prophesy. Speak. Open your mouth. Declare the things that you want to see. God is a God that can activate things in the spirit realm when we start to speak it out. It's so important for us as Christians not to just think things. Okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's Come on and speak things out about ourselves, about other people. Yes, yes, we do. Yep, come on, speak it out. God cares about each and every one of us. He cares about every one of our hurts. He cares about every one of our pains. Speak things out. Speak things out that counteract whatever the enemy might be trying to say that counteract every type of negative thing. Anyway, um, Matthew 16, 19. This scripture is literally mind-blowing. You have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven and a no on earth is a no in heaven. I don't know who needs to hear this or be reminded today, but we actually live in a two-dimensional world. It's not just you and me and the people sitting next to you. There's actually a spirit realm that's alive and active all the time. We don't see it, but it's here in this room. It's outside. It's at your home. It's on the streets we walk. There's a spirit realm of angels and demons. But guess what? We win. We win. It's nothing to be freaked about. We win. God always comes through. But this scripture, it's saying you have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Whatever you say no to here on earth is a no in heaven. Whatever you say yes to here on earth is a yes in heaven. What are you agreeing with with your voice today? What are you agreeing with over other people's lives? What are you agreeing with over your own life. You know, we all have situations where we want breakthrough, yes? You want to be healed. You want your friends to be healed. You want people to come to know God. You want a financial breakthrough. 
a physical breakthrough, a mental breakthrough. Perhaps you've been feeling really down with depression and anxiety. That's such a real and common problem. Speak to it. Speak out. Start proclaiming. Start saying yes to God in the natural because that does something in the spirit realm. I almost see it like the enemy so often tries to brick us up in this small confined place and every thought and lie that we think about and comes into our mind and we allow into our heart, it kind of bricks us up taller and taller until we're just in this small space. But by us speaking truth, by us exchanging thoughts for promises and speaking things out loud, it does something in the spirit realm. You have power in the spirit realm because you're God's, because you're His. And so every time you speak things against what the enemy is doing, you speak out positivity, you speak out a promise, you speak out life, you're smashing down one of those bricks that he tries to keep you in. We need to be smashing down bricks all the time, guys. It's not something for us to be complacent about unless that's where you want to stay. But I'm surrounded with um, a church of good people, people that want a deep life-giving well, people that want a heart of wisdom, God wants us to speak positive, strong words over others and over ourselves. And like I said, perhaps you were someone who did the speaking. You were someone that shared words, whether carelessly or whether on purpose, to hurt other people. You need to go to God with that. Perhaps you need to go and ask them for forgiveness, not for them but it's for you. God wants you to be free of that. Or perhaps you are someone that has hurts in your life, whether they're recent or whether they're very old wounds. The thing about hurts in our heart is that they stick around. They can hurt as much today as the day someone said them. God wants to tend to that because he's a kind, loving father. He doesn't want us to walk around limping. He doesn't want us to walk around limited by things that people have said over our life. He actually speaks over you. This is the reason we have freedom to be able to speak so much life over other people and over ourselves because God speaks over you. He says that you're a new creation. He says that grace abounds to us. He says that we're loved. He says that we're not alone. He says that we're blessed. He says that we're forgiven. He says that we're the apple of his eye. He says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's with us always. God loves. God cares. God speaks things over you. And if some of these are new to you or you go, yes, I forget, I forget. I I need to be reminded. Remind yourself. Get into the Word of God. Google. There are so many lists on Google of good positive things that God says, promises that we can start to proclaim and start to speak out loud. We want to build our well. We want to have a heart of life that overflows. Check your perimeter. Watch what goes in. Start to feed yourself. And the thing is, these are powerful words, God says. I mean, I don't know who else could say, I've got you. Who else could say you're saved? Who else could say you're protected, that I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you? These are promises like at the highest level. These are strong, big words, big promises, aren't they? But sometimes there can still be hurt because we're human. God gave us a heart. God gave us emotions. And sometimes we need to allow God, His promises and His healing to override those hurts. And what I want to do today is I want to, number one, 
encourage you, okay? Words over other people, words over yourself. Let's watch that. Let's be diligent. Let's guard our hearts. Let's fence in our surroundings. But number two, I want to pray for people today that might have had words spoken and the pain is still there today as if it was yesterday they said it. God wants to heal it. God wants to touch it. He wants to replace it with something of His of His promise. So just while every eye is shut, I just want to pray. And if this is you, if there's something that you want God to touch, just pop your hand on your heart. Pop your hand on your heart and we're just going to talk to God together. Jesus, I thank you so much for your kids here, for your sons and daughters that you care about us, you care about each and every one of us and you are such an individual God you see the pain he sees your pain and Father I thank you that we don't have to be bound or tied down by any of these words God and I just pray for healing Jesus I pray that we can release these words into the atmosphere we can release it they're not a part of who we are anymore they're not stuck deep down into our hearts God I pray you just bring it to the front and you just wipe it clean I just almost see it's like he's just getting a splinter out that's in our heart. He just wants to squeeze it and it's gone. You know, it hurts for a while, but until that splinter's out, there's still discomfort and pain. Right now, God, I just pray for everyone here. Just take out these splinters of words, God. Words are powerful, we know that. And I just pray for healing. I pray that you replace it with one of your promises, God. That we're loved. We're whole. We're created in your image that you've made us to be creative beings, God. And Jesus, I just thank you so much. Help us to be diligent with our tongues, that we can be people that speak words of life, words of truth. We can have a, a well of goodness to be able to flow out to other people. Thank you, God. Jesus, right now, um, I just want to also encourage you guys. Thank you for praying just as well. Start this week. Oh, I hate homework, but I'm going to give it to you, okay? I'm going to just ask you to do something. I'm going to just ask you to remember this during the week. I want you, have a think about, have a think about those people that you want to pray for. Have a think about the things on other people's lives. And I want you to start speaking out what you want to see. Start declaring it. Start putting it in the spirit realm, okay? Let's start believing because once it's out there, God can do something with it. Yes is yes. We say, God, yes, we believe for them to be saved. God, yes, we believe for their healing. God, yes, we believe for breakthrough for other people and for, and for yourself. Be diligent with that. Let's get to that this week. Let's grow in being a church that loves others and has good things come out of our heart. Because Proverbs 11 says, When rich living people bless the city, it flourishes. And I'm grateful that I'm surrounded by an awesome group of people here that are rich living. Let's bless our city so it flourishes today. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.